following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Okay, everyone places. This is the final scene, so let's make this one count. Quiet on set. Places, everybody. Welcome to the Producers. Lights, camera, podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Producers. I am the Wizard of Jaws, and I'm flying solo today because my main man, Austin, is on his honeymoon, which, let's be honest, he's probably having a lot more fun than I am. So, uh, happy Labor Day, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining. And uh, we decided to do something a little different with these when one or uh, when one of us can't be here and we're either doing a solo episode or we're having a guest host come in to join us um, instead of doing the standard movie review uh, we decided this was when we would take our love of we'll call it cinema and apply it to TV so I'm here doing the first one on my own uh, and we're doing I'm doing you're listening to the Friday Night Lights TV show. This is interesting because this will effectively allow us to reference the movie later on and we can come back and you know compare and contrast this to the movie uh, in, in said episode should we choose to do that. So uh, here we are. We're doing it. Uh, if you haven't seen this, I highly recommend it. Uh, so... Let's get the boring stuff out of the way first. Uh, Friday Night Lights was a TV show that was on Friday nights on NBC. Uh, it ran from 2006 to 2011. And uh, it basically, so the movie was the Permian Panthers. This is the Dillon Panthers uh, in Dillon, Texas. And uh, it's a drama that follows the Dillon Panthers, one of the nation's best high school football teams, and their head coach, Eric Taylor. Now, there's a lot of, there's a lot of main characters in this. Uh, Kyle Chandler played Eric Taylor. Uh, he's been in a bunch of stuff since then. Connie Britton was Tammy Taylor. She's been in a bunch too, you know, and there's a lot of, uh, a lot of other people in here. And this is where I wish I had my main man, the quote King, uh, because he is a lot better at this stuff than I am. However, I can tell you that, uh, Taylor Kitsch, who played Tim uh, Tim Riggins, he played Gambit in X Men Origins with uh, the story of Wolverine. Um, quite, I mean, quite a few people from this ended up going to other shows, movies, so on and so forth. Uh, you know, and it, it starts off very similar to the movie, um, which I'm not going to do. I'm not going to talk much about the movie. I'm like, you know, but you have the major, uh, the, you know, the, the big stud player. Um, and in, so in the movie, it's Booby Miles and he blows in the out in game one. 
going in on a play he shouldn't have been on, been in on because they were up by a ton. Uh, he wanted to play more and pad his stats more, and he ended up getting hurt. Uh, and the coach comes under fire. This one was a little bit different. The uh, quarterback who's highly touted as one of the best quarterbacks in the state, uh, if not in the country, throws a pick, uh, and he goes to make, and that uh, that's Jason Street, played by Scott Porter, uh, goes to make a tackle and ends up injuring his neck and crippling himself. And that's how the season, like the whole show starts. And then you get uh, Matt Saracen, played by Zach Guilford, who is the underclassman, I believe probably a sophomore if memory serves at the time, coming in to try to fill his shoes, dealing with star running back Brian Smash Williams, played by uh, Gaius Charles, who plays a fantastic role. And, you know, he struggles with his demons throughout the whole thing, Um, you know, from being highly touted as the you know the one of the one of if not the best running back in the state uh, at one point you get to follow his um you get to follow like his recruiting journey and you know issues and problems that he has with that and the just navigating the entire show around what he ends up doing and what you know the, the decisions he has to make so uh it's it's really really good uh you end up getting Later in the show, you end up getting Michael B. Jordan coming in uh, in one of his earlier, and uh, one one of one of his earlier roles, uh, and we'll get to that in a minute. But what makes this movie so good is if you've ever played high school football or been a fan of high school football, were friends, family with someone who played, you, you see, like Texas is the epitome of high school football, right? So you think of high school football, you think of Texas. Um, some of their biggest stadiums rival that of colleges especially colleges up here in the Northeast. Um, you know, they blow. I mean, I know the attendance record for a high school football game around here is like eight or 9,000 people. That would be an almost an empty stadium down there at times, um, especially in some of these bigger 5A, 6A schools. So, uh, and Coach Taylor is in the first season, He's the, he's brand new, just came in. You know, dealing with a new town, getting to know everybody, dealing with the politics, with the booster club led by Buddy Garrity and the inner workings of this small town and dealing with, you know, a teenage daughter who's just coming into her own and a wife who's looking for a little bit more purpose than just being the high school football coach's wife and just this whole ordeal. And then you get the big injury. Uh, You know, it takes you down the road of. Uh, Jason Street, who is, again, the stud quarterback, best quarterback in the nation. His girlfriend, who is the the daughter of the head of the booster club. And you're starting to see the whole intertwined, interwoven storyline here. Um, Tim Riggins, the, the team's fullback, um, again, played by Taylor Kitsch. And, uh, you know, he's got his own demons, his own problems. He comes from a broken home, uh, you know, very similar to that of the some of the stuff we saw in the movie, if you did see the movie and you know, his, he lives with his brother, but his brother's not always there. And his brother's kind of a deadbeat too. He was a Dylan Panther. He won a state title with them. And you start to see a lot of these people who have, uh, you know, a lot of people who won state titles with the Panthers and are still around kind of have that trouble moving on. 
uh, a lot of the has-beens and never was is that you know you kind of see guys who never really wore like who wore the jersey but didn't really play a ton or whatever kind of hanging around and trying to have influence and trying to live vicariously through the current team because that was the best time of their lives you know and a lot of these guys hang their hat and their career on who they were uh buddy garrity is that that guy and tim riggins is living in the shadow of his brother who is also kind of as i said a little bit of a deadbeat parents are mia uh they may or may not um you know, comment as to who or where they went. I don't recall. I am in the process of rewatching this uh, when my free time, which I don't have a ton of, but uh, it is one of it is a, a favorite of mine. And uh, we'll go from so you know, just to tell you, that's kind of why I picked it. Uh, you know, you see these guys like going through, and you see Coach Taylor like handling all of this, and you know, you kind of look back at a situation like when you were playing football or high school sport or something. And again, this is not nearly to the, to the same level as obviously what is depicted as being in te- uh, football in Texas. But you realize like what was going on in your world when certain things were happening, and um, you know, having lived in the coaching realm for a while, uh, and I'm sure Austin could attest to this as well. You know, you you ha- you have an idea of what's going on with you and what's going on in your world in your head, and this show kind of shows the interweaving storylines of a lot of things that. You know, you have a young quarterback who maybe wasn't ready to be thrust in the limelight, but here we are, and he's struggling with the fact that his his parents aren't at home. His dad is in the military. His mom is MIA, and he's taking care of his grandma who's getting sicker and sicker and struggling with some dementia issues. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, the coaching staff and teammates don't realize how bad that stuff is until it hits the fan and they find him, like, cleaning up after grandma and you know or grandma end up ending up in a hospital and you know he was going out just trying to be a kid and you know going to a party and hanging out with one of his call some of his teammates and also he gets the call about his grandma and he ends up getting a ride to the hospital but then can't drive them home so coach taylor has to come pick him up and like what the hell are you doing it's like well half like your entire team was there like this kid just happened to have an issue where he got caught because grandma got taken to the hospital and that's tough you know and, and you see the interweaving drama through all of it that you know the stories that are happening happening separate of the main storyline the story uh, the stories that are happening interwoven with the main storyline and then there's the main storyline which is the Dylan Panthers and their attempt for success um you know and it, it's just it's really fascinating to see and it kind of opens your eyes to the world of what really goes on through some sports teams no matter the level Obviously, one of the biggest things we like to talk about on this show is the quotability of a show or a movie. Uh, the interesting side here is there's not a whole lot of big quotes. Uh, it's a TV show. Uh, it doesn't have like a recurring line. Uh, you know, friends comes to mind with how you doing or the office, the that's what she said jokes or uh, Bazinga with the Big Bang Theory, stuff like that. Like all of those come to mind. This show doesn't have that, but it's also not, it's not a comedy. Um, the biggest thing is Coach Taylor's famous line that has been used over and over and over again by any and everyone in any facet of sports, which was clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. Um, you know, and there are a lot of times that, you know, that that whole premise comes into play where, you know, when you, you see the team struggle when they're distracted, when their heart's not in it, and... You know, so they're focused on other things. They don't have clear eyes. They're, um, 
their heart's not in it because of a number of things. You know, right in the first season, right at the end, they're going into the Texas State Football Championship, and it comes out that Coach Taylor has taken a job at, um, I believe it is it's a uh, TMU, which is essentially, I believe Texas A and M. They just, I don't believe they could say full college names or whatever, but they, you know, TMU, uh, Texas A&M University, and that comes out the day before the state championship, and it's very cold. Uh, the, the team feels as though the coach is quitting on them or they, they use them as a stepping stone to the next part of his career, and obviously that became an issue that they had to fight through in the, at the end of the first season. And then second season starts, the new coach is at Dillon, uh, Eric Taylor's at TMU as the quarterback's coach, and he's dealing with the the cold reality of college sports. Uh, there's a young kid that he sees some promise in, but the kid's struggling a little bit. He's a little behind, and he says something to the um, the coaching staff about it, and they said, "Just cut him. We don't have we don't have time for this." And that's kind of the cold, harsh reality of college sports. And Coach Taylor struggles with that. Um, you know, then there's some issues with the new coach back in Dillon, and Buddy Garrity gives Eric Taylor a call and says, "Hey, this isn't working. This guy's a nightmare. Uh, we want to get him out." and you know, some uh, some dirty poker appears to be getting played. And next thing you know, Eric Taylor goes to walk away from TMU and just says, hey, like, I'll help with the transition. And, you know, I'll, I'll be here for another couple of weeks and da da da. And the coach says, there's the door. Don't let it hit you in the ass. Like, this isn't some, you know, this, this isn't some lovey-dovey office setting where you get to be part of the transition. Like, if you're done, then go. And he gets let go because he, you know, a, a very unceremoniously. Uh, comes back and obviously comes into a world where, you know, um, because, you know, Smash is a senior. He is ready to rock and roll. He wants to like he wants to be the guy. He wants to be the focus. He keeps telling Matt Saracen, the quarterback, just all you got to do is turn around and hand me the football. I'll make you look good. And obviously that causes some issues and some riffs. Um, Tim Riggins is going through some stuff and he's there. He's not there. He's drunk. He's sober. He's, you know, any number of things. Uh, getting in with the wrong people, having troubles in his love life. Uh, obviously, his home life is still kind of messed up. Uh, a, a, a young woman, a young a young single mother that he was dating at the end of season one turns out to be dating his brother in the start of season two, and that throws him for a loop. And you know, he had a very uh, a special relationship with her uh, with her son, who is played by the kid that plays everyone's son. That's not a main character in every show ever. Um, and if you saw him, you you would know who he is. I'm not going to spend the time here to, to find him and get, and get you his name. Um, but he's the kid that's been in everything. Um, blonde kid, long hair. Uh, his He's got something interesting with his teeth, uh, whether they're, they look a little big for his face sometimes. And I'm not trying to be a jerk. That's just, It's descriptive. Uh, but he's the, he's in everything. You've seen him. I guarantee it. Uh you know, so he's just, he's dealing with some stuff. Coach Taylor comes in, and you know his his daughter is his daughter and his wife are at odds, and he the whole world is crumbling around him. And they kind of start coming back to their own, and then they find out that uh, there was an issue, which is interesting because this uh, uh, the show kind of tackles a little bit of uh, a racial divide in Texas, which shocker, I guess, um, you know where. Smash is dating a young lady who is not of the same race as him, and some local boy, some local young men have some issues with that. 
start making comments to smash his sister. Smasher stands up to de- uh, smash stands up to defend her honor. Uh, ends up beating the tar out of a kid. Gets uh, gets a you know ends up they they file assault charges and then there's a smear campaign and he ends up losing his scholarship offer that he worked so hard for at the time uh, and you know and he struggles with that. And then the because of the whole thing, he ends up losing his cool in front of a reporter, uh, basically says, like, if somebody was doing that to your sister, what would you have done? Should you have, you know, would you just stand there and let it happen? Um, basically said, I did what I had to do. And he's lucky. That's all I did. I should have I should have done more, uh, which is really what was the nail in the coffin of his losing a scholarship offer because they obviously it was of questionable character. And then uh, he ends up getting suspended for the last three games of the high school season. And he basically like, it's a very emotional ride. You're kind of along, along the ride with him. Uh, the team had just gotten back to a really good spot was on a good run and they had to win out to make playoffs or, and to avoid being the first team in state history to win the state title and then not make playoffs the next year. And obviously losing your best weapon for three games is not what you want. And then, they're kind of going through and the team's doing well. They're grooving, you know, smash comes out and you know, the team basically says like, we don't care. We want to do this with smash. Let them play. We don't care if it costs us playoffs. Smash goes, no, don't worry about it. Like the best thing you guys can do for me is, uh, is to win. So I can suit up with y'all in the playoffs. And the season kind of ends in a very weird way. Uh, it almost looks like the season was cut short for some reason. Uh, I don't know if this was the potentially the strike shortened season, uh, or strike shortened year where everything was cut short. Uh, I could be wrong. I, could, I should probably look that up if I'm going to talk about it. But uh, it just it seems to end in a weird place. Then when season three starts, they make reference to the Panthers' unceremonious exit from the playoffs, stemming off of the uh, AC severe ACL injury suffered by Smash Williams. And now you see uh, the start of season three comes in where Coach Taylor is dealing with a young stud quarterback whose family moved to Dillon uh, to play for Coach Taylor because of what they basically said, what you've done with Matt Saracen is nothing short of astonishing. Uh, the kid has more heart than talent and his talent, you know, his, if his, if his talent matched his heart, he'd be, he'd be, or he'd be looking at going to the, to, to the NFL someday, but he's just not that kid. Um, he then starts getting pushed by the boosters to start this young man, uh, I believe his name was JD um, and obviously dealing with a whole new slew of issues, going to a different style of offense that more, that's more beneficial to the young, the, the young quarterback and plays more to his strengths than Matt's strengths. And uh, in like kind of a, kind of a telling of what's going to come moment. Uh, the Panthers were in a, in a bit of a dog fight with somebody uh, they couldn't slow down this high-powered passing offense of another team, and uh, Coach Taylor sticks with Matt Saracen. He decides to, you know, they're they're down by, I believe they're down by like four or five with a few seconds left on the clock. They snap the ball. He gets flushed out of the pocket. He takes off on an incredible run, makes people miss, makes people miss, runs a couple people over, shucks a couple more, and on his way, he dives into the end zone. And in true, um, in true football media entertainment media fashion they don't show him crossing the goal line from the side they show him landing in the end zone and then they show the ball on the ground they say you know oh that ball came out uh you know the other team recovers and the 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 Panthers win you know that should have been isn't and 
obviously, you know, then there's booze and Coach Taylor comes home to moving signs and for sale signs on his front lawn from the people who are not happy because of the cutthroat world of Texas state football. And, uh, you know, it just it, it starts down that road of do you stick with the kid that, you know, or do you stick with the kid that's got a ton of talent? Um, you know, and it, at one point he makes a comment about how Matt Saracen is a senior. He's grown. He knows what he's getting from him. He knows that when you know the game's on the line, the kid's going to give him absolutely everything he can. Uh, and you kind of saw that in the in the game before, where Matt got his ass kicked. He absolutely got just got beat the tar beat out of him, and still gave him a shot to win the game. And you know, basically saying that if the young kid, the fifteen year old, was in that position, they might have been taking him off in a stretcher. And he already watched that once. He doesn't want to watch it again. Uh, and then obviously facing the increasing pressure to win and win now um and that you know at some point you have to make the call of whether or not the uh, that what you know do you do you go with talent or do you go with heart and you know the, that existential coaching crisis which is always fun to watch and then um the the big loop here comes in the later seasons when uh there is a divisional split they basically said that the the town of Dillon has once again gotten too big for just one high school, and they basically go back to the old, um, the old, uh, the old dividing line from East Dillon and West Dillon, and they reignite the Panthers Lions rivalry. Um, and it just so happens that West Dillon, which I believe, if memory serves, is the Panthers, uh, and the Dillon Panthers that you know and love, they are you know, more of a suburban area school, have more money, uh, have the booster club up and running. And the East Dillon Lions are starting from scratch. They don't, you know, the the original Lions team is well, well older. They haven't been around in so long. They're almost forgotten about. It's an older school run down more of a, uh, for lack of better terminology, poorer, poorer inner city type school. Um, just in you know with, with the way the line is drawn and the demographics of the two areas, and uh, because of something I don't remember exactly what happens because I haven't gotten re gotten there yet, but uh, the way the last season ended with uh, Coach Taylor and he is basically sent to East Dillon in lieu of the uh, the young quarterback JD's quarterbacks coach who takes over because they think he has the a better football mind and a better uh, a better handle on the the who what where when why and how of the use of the young quarterback JD now that Matt Saracen has moved on and this is where uh Michael B Jordan comes in as a young talented young uh athlete for East Dillon who has a whole slew of his own issues uh you start seeing uh, you still follow some of the older guys. Uh, I don't know if this is at the point where Jason Street's no really, really no longer in the show. Uh, Tim Riggins, they follow him a little bit here and there, but he's not a mainstay anymore. Uh, they touch in on Matt Saracen, who has moved to Chicago to go to art school, and uh, Coach Taylor's daughter and their continuing uh, relationship, roller coaster, stuff like that. Uh, and obviously this whole thing leads to the showdown between the East Dillon Lions and the West Dillon Panthers and... Uh, basically a David and Goliath type matchup where you see the old uh, the old guard of Coach Taylor bringing a young, scrappy, hungry group to the uh, highly touted 
Texas powerhouse and his old employer. And uh, obviously there's some division there with uh, camps that got split and people who were run out of town for one reason or another to bring in the new guard. And then they having played their role in helping East Dillon to get back to a place of promise uh, and kind of rebuilding that uh, that school as well. Uh, it's a fantastic show top to bottom. There is a little bit of a lull in the middle. Um, one of the seasons, I I want to say it's season four. I don't remember off the top of my head. But uh, to, to get a feel for the whole thing, you got to watch the whole thing. So I highly recommend it if you haven't. If I were to rate this, uh, I would give this probably about a four out of five. So if you've been paying attention, uh, Austin and I are... Our rating system is we give the little uh, little clickety-clacky board things. Uh, out of 10, we each get five and can divvy them up as, as needed. I would give this a four out of five, personally. Uh, speaks a lot to my heart of high school football and playing football in my in, in my heyday and stuff like that. And uh, just the, the drama of being around high school and high school and friends and girls and all that other good stuff. And kind of hits home uh, the... The cinematography in it, the the camera work is a little shoddy at times. It's a little rough to watch, especially earlier on. Uh, there are definitely times I wish they would do a little bit more football and a little bit less dramatic BS, uh, which is the one thing I believe holds it back just a hair. I want a little bit more of a balance. They talk a lot about football. You see a couple shots here and there of practice, and then you usually catch the game uh, if you see the start of the game, you see the start of it, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, it's like, well, there's about two two seconds left in the fourth here, or you pick up with about two minutes left in the fourth, and they tell you a quick story about how they got there, and you catch the end of the game in a very quick quick way, uh, and obviously, that's it's an easy way to write in dramatic things like, you know, run a play. Oh, it's third. It's third and long here, and the Panthers need a first down to keep this drive alive. And you look, and there's like 47 seconds left, and then there's like 57 seconds of camera panning, and you know this person to that person, this person, this this little mini conversation on the sideline, and then you know you look, and three seconds have have passed, and you know snap, sack, timeout. Well, you know you have 40 some seconds left with a timeout left, and like your quarterback took a sack. Like what are we doing? Uh, so that that's one thing to me that holds it back just a hair, but. uh Solid four out of five here. Uh, definitely worth the watch, especially if you can get back, get past some of the uh, the 06 to, to 2011 uh, shoddy camera work. So go and check that out. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, this is hopefully one of a miniseries that we will have to do from time to time, but hopefully not something we do fairly regularly of one of us talking. Uh, and this is our first one about a TV show. So thank you for tuning in and sticking with me on this. Uh, obviously, the Producers is part of the BICBP Radio Network, www.bicbp-radio.com slash, or, uh, slash Producers. Um, and you can go there, check out us. If you just go to the website, bicbp-radio.com, you can check out us. Uh, hats, tats, and stats, tip of the cap, comment of and all the other awesome uh, awesome podcast shows that are on the network uh over 700,000 people tuned in last month again it's absolutely amazing group to be a part of and to hear the content that they put out so again thank you for tuning in everybody uh find us on facebook just type in the pod p-o-d-u-c-e-r-s the producers and you will find us there like us follows we're going to start posting more things about discussions and conversations and um you know, stuff like that. So uh, stay tuned for that. And thanks for tuning in. As always, 
On behalf of the quote king, I am the Wizard of Jaws and cut. This is Generic American Sports Podcast Center. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Generic American Sports Host Podcast Thing. Today in sporting news, some things happened that were some stuff and some other things. Some statistical values to back up those things are this. As you can see, the thing I just said statistically did happen. Yo, wait a minute. I feel like I could listen to this show anywhere and be just as bored. Why am I listening to this stuff? You want a better sports experience from your podcast? Head over to Hats, Tats, and Stats on the BICBP radio network. Not generic, not boring, and a little out there sometimes. Tune in to Hats, Tats, and Stats on the BICBP radio network. <laughs>